Welcome to the alchemy of music. We all remember that song during a summer romance or during a bad breakup. We all remember that album that changed your life. And we remember that concert we'll never forget. We'll dive into those nostalgic moments, hear personal stories while examining the cultural and cerebral effects music has and the magic it creates. We'll highlight upcoming tours, artists to see, and the latest in music. I'm your host, Tommy, and now, let's begin. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of The Alchemy of Music. Thank you for joining me on another episode today. It was just the second Taylor Hawkins tribute show, and I don't know if you guys have been able to catch any of the sets, but so incredibly powerful, very emotional, such a stacked lineup. It's just amazing to see all of the artists that were able to come out and support the Foo Fighters and how many people loved and respected Taylor Hawkins. So many different artists from different genres and generations representing and playing music and just such a beautiful thing to watch and it goes to show the kind of person he was, the legacy he led, and the musician he was, how he impacted music and so many other artists in the industry. But it had me thinking about the band had me thinking about Dave Grawl, you know, obviously Dave has experienced this before and it's not an easy thing to go through. It is a tricky slope to navigate and how does the band go on from here? It had me thinking about two very prominent rock bands who also lost their successful and talented drummers. Led Zeppelin's John Bonham and The Who's Keith Moon are considered two of the greatest drummers in rock and roll history, and they also lost their battle to addiction. Although they all battled their demons, just like Hawkins, they were an integral part of the band and have impacted music in such a huge way. On today's episode, I'm just going to dive into the lives of these three drummers and how they're all very similar and how they have changed the shape of music today. But before I get into today's episode, I have so much news to cover. The one and only rapper Coolio has passed at the age of 59. I don't know about you guys, but when I think of Coolio outside of Gangster's Paradise. I always think of Nickelodeon show, all that. I don't know if you remember, they always had performers on in the middle or end of the show, I should say. And I always remember his performances and he, him being a guest on the episodes. And it's funny to think that he ended up doing the Keenan and Kel theme song. So yeah, he was such an icon and so bummed to hear the news. We're going to change the vibe a little bit, but in good news, Rihanna is performing at the Super Bowl halftime show. 
I am so excited. I have been waiting for this moment, praying for this moment, manifesting this moment. I think Rihanna is one of the most talented pop stars there is out there. She is such a great dancer, such a great singer, and she just brings the energy to the stage. Along with that, and I've said it on previous episodes, she has so many killer hits. Just like Snoop and Dre, we're going to just be like jamming along. It's going to be a great halftime show. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm really curious what her set's going to look like and I'm already trying to think of all the songs that she's going to do in order and I probably will break that down as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Also, Rihanna has been promising her fans new music. She's been working on an album, so with this halftime performance, I think her album is going to be released next year, and guys, mark my words, this is my Coachella prediction. I think Rihanna is going to be headlining Coachella this year. She has never headlined Coachella before, and it would make perfect sense seeing she's going to be performing at the halftime show, releasing an album. She just had a baby. There would be no perfect artist at this very moment to headline one of the biggest festivals she's always attended she even performed with calvin harris once but she's never done anything herself and so many people especially her fans have been like you know ariana grande's done it beyonce's done it lady gaga where's rihanna so guys that's my prediction for coachella 2023 NYU's Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music will have its own course on Alana Del Rey this fall. The course description reads, Over the course of eight critically acclaimed albums, the six-time Grammy-nominated artist has introduced a sad core, melancholic, and baroque version of dream pop that in turn helped shift and reinvent the sound and mood of mainstream music beyond the 2010s. Through her arresting visuals and her thematic attention to mental health and tales of toxic damage love, Del Rey provided a new platform for artists of all genders to create anti-pop, works of substance that could live in a mainstream once categorized as bubblegum. If you know me and or listen to this podcast, you'll know how much I love Lana Del Rey and I couldn't agree more on this topic. Taylor Swift also had her own class earlier this year and she even ended up giving the commencement to the class of 2022. Phase one of Ultra's lineup is out. Guys, I think I'm going back. Obviously, the kings of Ultra will be there, Armin Van Buren and Carl Cox. The lineup also includes Claude Von Stroke, Eric Prides, Grimes, Griffin, Hardwell, Hilo, which is Oliver Heldens, alias, and he'll go back-to-back with Test Pilot, which is Dead Mouse's alias, and then there's K5, that's Dead Mouse and Cascade, which is sick, oh my god, Martin Garrix, Oliver Heldens, Chami, Rez, Subtronics, Tales of Us, Timmy Trumpet, Vintage Culture, 
Zed and Swedish House Mafia. Already such a sick lineup with so many heavy hitters and don't forget there will be two phases to this lineup so there will be more DJs announced, more artists announced so looking forward to seeing phase two as well as phase three and can't wait for Ultra 2023. So I'm not gonna lie, I love Halloween but I'm a scaredy cat. Haunted houses terrify me. Yes, I know they're fake. They're not real, but the feeling of being on the edge of your seat and not knowing what's going to happen to you next, my heart is always just like pounding and I just get too anxious. Even though I appreciate all the creativity and all of the work that goes into a haunted house. With that said, every year I go onto YouTube and I look up the vloggers that go to the Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. They have all different themed houses. Some houses they keep the same, but they kind of switch it up each year. Um, There's always like a Michael Myers house. Sometimes, I think last year there was the Exorcist house. And they just have all these super cool, creative, haunted houses that are so spooky that I don't even think I could enter. I just enjoy watching them from the comfort of my couch. But this year they had, the weekend had his own house and it was so cool and it was just like blasting with his music and different songs in each room and it was like a club of horror. I honestly didn't think that I was going to like it but it was actually super cool and I think it would have been absolutely terrifying to even enter but guys if you've never seen any of those vlogs they're super cool they record going into all the houses so it's something that you'll never do or want to do or maybe you do want to go eventually check them out they're just so creative and just such an experience but of course I'm not even going in them but I enjoy watching them every single year and yeah the weekend's house was super dope so definitely go check that out all right that's it for today's updates and I hope you enjoy this episode Growing up, my dad would always make me listen to his Led Zeppelin albums. You know, back then, when I think about it, I just thought my dad was being a typical dad, just driving me crazy. But now I realize the importance of that time and how much it actually impacted my life. If you know Led Zeppelin, you'll know that some of their tracks can be really long, but they also like to play with their instruments. They would, before they were DJs, they would take their instruments and try all different methods to create all different types of sound and just make it incredibly psychedelic and visceral for the ears. Not only would my dad make me listen to Jimmy Page, but my dad would make me listen to John Bonham, the drummer, and he'd always be like, he is 
one of the greatest drummers that ever lived and he would have me listen to his drum solos again looking back I was just like okay dad but now when I think about it it was just so auditive and just the technicality and the capability that this guy had just sheer talent it was insane and you can look him up on YouTube he is just such a powerful drummer it takes so much to be a drummer so much you need to have so much momentum you have to have that energy in you to keep up with the band It really takes a certain person to be a drummer. And when Taylor Hawkins passed away, it really had me thinking about how difficult it is to have a really good drummer. But after reflecting on his life and knowing about Bonham and Moon and all their similarities, it showed me what it takes to be a great drummer a successful drummer, and a drummer who helps create a successful band. There are some key factors that help make a really good drummer. The drummer sets the pace for the other band members, so it's really important to keep the rhythm, maintain accurate timing, and also provide a cohesiveness to the music. To be a really good drummer, you must understand sound and rhythm. You must be good technically in terms of a skill set. And you have to be able to keep the energy and the momentum through the set. Being able to record and create music is very different than performing a live set. And that I hear is a skill set on its own and all three of these guys were able and had the capability to do both so that in itself is another important factor and not only were these guys gifted but they truly loved what they did they truly loved making music playing music and that is a crucial factor is sheer passion Taylor Hawkins was born on February 17, 1972. Before he joined Foo Fighters, Hawkins had a resume that included two other bands and also was the touring drummer for Alanis Morissette on two of her tours. Hawkins joined the band in 1997 after the original drummer needed to be replaced. Although there is some confusion on whether the original drummer quit or was fired, there was a feud between him and Dave Grawl. Don't forget people, Dave Grawl was the drummer for one of the biggest 90s grunge bands that ever existed. So I'm sure it's really hard. In general, it's difficult to be in a band, but I'm sure it's really hard to team up and collaborate especially when drumming can be so versatile depending on each person not only was he a drummer but he also provided backup vocals for the Foo Fighters on occasion and he also was part of a super group called NHC that included two of the members from Jane's Addiction where he actually sang so he was not just a drummer but he was multi-talented. Some of his influences included Phil Collins, Alex Van Halen, and Rush Neil Pert. 
John Bonham was born on May 31st, 1948, and just like Hawkins, he had a few other bands before making it big in Led Zeppelin. He was a self-taught drummer, and he was known for his stanima, his speed, and his strength while playing the drums. He also had that key factor where he could not only record in the studio and create with the band, but also perform live, and they would musically mesh. When Bonham died from alcohol in 1980, Led Zeppelin would not reunite until Live Aid in 1985 when Phil Collins joined them on the drums. Although the remaining members of Led Zeppelin have reunited only a few times since his passing, one including a performance with his son Jason Bonham on the drums, the band said that they would never reunite or tour again without their beloved drummer. Keith Moon was born on August 23rd, 1946. Nicknamed Moon the Loon, he was known for his explosive drumming style and also his wild behavior. Just like Hawkins, he replaced the original drummer of The Who in 1964. And just like Hawkins, Moon provided his vocals not just in his own band but also his vocals can be heard on the Beatles All You Need Is Love and he also did a live performance with the Plastic Ono Band which is John Lennon's band. In 1977 he even got on stage with Led Zeppelin trading the drums with John Bonham for a guest appearance. If you're a youngin and you don't know who Keith Moon is, he was actually the inspiration for the Muppets animal. So if you guys remember who he is and his crazy drumming and his wild behavior, that's exactly who Keith Moon was. And on September 7th, 1978, Keith Moon would pass away from an overdose. Oddly enough, he had rented a flat from singer Harry Nielsen, and four years earlier, Mama Cass from the Mamas and the Papas had actually died in that same flat, so that's pretty odd, but also incredibly sad. The band would eventually replace Moon and The Who with their remaining members still tour to this day. Although all three of these guys were different and unique in their own way, they had many similarities. And these many similarities attributed them to being such fantastic drummers and being part of something much bigger than they probably would ever imagine. Although each band had their own issues and some of those issues included their drummer's addictions, at the end of the day, the drummer and the rest of the band could all cohesively make music together, they could create together, they could record together, and they could play live sets and kill it. These guys were also well respected by the music community, not just by fans, but also by fellow musicians. They knew what they had to offer, they knew the types of gifts that they had, and they knew that not everyone had that type of talent. Oftentimes when these 
sad, unfortunate situations happen and these lives are cut short, we often focus on the tragedy. And yes, this is very deep. This is very painful. Taylor Hawkins has a family. He has a wife. He has kids. John Bonham also had a son as well. And it's never easy for anyone. But we tend to focus on the tragedy and the reality is these guys and what they have in common what I kind of really broke down thinking of all three of them that not everyone gets to have on a daily basis so guys if you're listening to me this is an important thing important part of life is passion doesn't matter who you are what you do have something that lights you up every day have something that makes you feel alive, have something that you love to do and so often we don't do that enough and that's just something I want to emphasize in terms of these unfortunate passings of some of the most gifted individuals that have ever lived. They did have a purpose and they had a passion and I think it's very important that doesn't matter who you are that you have that. And again, being a drummer is not an easy job. Being in a successful band, not an easy job. Touring when you have families, also not an easy job. But at the end of the day, these guys were incredibly successful. They were influential and they really impacted this world in a big way. So thank you for your music and thank you for your passion. All right, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. Please let me know if you guys have watched any of the tribute shows, your thoughts on it. If you like John Bonham, Keith Moon, I want to hear from you guys. Please don't forget, guys, I have a Instagram, The Alchemy of Music. Go follow me. I want to see all my listeners on there. And if you love this podcast, please do not forget to rate it, review it, share it. It helps this podcast get out there, helps all these amazing stories be heard. And thank you all again for joining me on another episode. I appreciate you all. Take care.